Now I say is she a boat rigger? The fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I say is she a boat rigger? The fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 Benita thought always at the beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton on the hunter arm. She said, talk to walk a clock, I could really do harm. For a case, I got a lot, I could blow up your spot like a bomb. But I'm looking for the one, have you seen her? She went and put my whole team under subpoena. Diva, Friday, Felicia, poor kids, and charges on a Donald Trump, and you're the bullshit. And thank you, she made, and chase it for some pain. She make us all a game, her rapper don't shame. She get up on TV, they all know her name. If you're playing Fulton County, then you better get paid, you know why? Cause the DA corrupt, yo, from what I heard, fatty got a baby by Mondo. And Luma said she got a trap house in a condo. She don't care whatever said, long as she flopped, though. Now I say is she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I say is she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 13 counts, 13 counts. She getting paid to pounce, and that for 13 counts. I know somebody paying thought to charge whoever he says. Another DA in the pop that handle all of his biz. You will see her at the courthouse, call her Fatty Willis. Charge another rapper, because you know she out to get us. She even charge her president if you could pay the money. Election interference done, deal for the money. She walk around looking like trap hole with the money. She got a new week, got white coat with the money, money. If you ain't no punk, holla, we want D-Trump, we want D-Trump, yeah. It's something that you need to have, cause when we get revenge, we gon' kick some ass. 13 counts, 13 counts, got paid for every count, straight into bank accounts. Now I is saying she a boat rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I is saying she a boat rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 All right, that was actually something really great that I just wanted to play again. <clears throat> what up, everybody? Welcome to the Rate Infinity Show podcast. This is episode number 122. Today, I got two of my homies on board to come in and talk some news and some good politics. I got my friend, Hike Martin, or AKA Boring Life, on. And I also got Might Be Wrong, who is a memer. And I'm also Hike, he's um, a, a populism commentator. Uh, how you guys doing, bro? How you guys doing? I'm doing I'm great. Good. I was just thinking about that. 13 <laughs> counts, huh? Eight. Yeah. How many counts is it? 13 in Georgia and Fulton County alone. Right. Yeah. But over but across the, but overall for everything, right now he has like um, I believe 91, something along those lines. Which um they're clearly abusing their power. There's no reason that Trump should be indicted at all. Because I don't see how he did anything wrong, in my opinion. Two-tier. It's, yeah. I don't, my, my problem is this. Even if he did something wrong, I care more about 
uh, them going after our former war criminal presidents more than this. Like, I don't believe you that you're actually that you actually care about the law unless you lock up every other president that's still alive because they all committed them. No, I'll I'll go you even better. (laughs) Everyone in D.C. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, but none of them were going to get them prosecuted, but they're only prosecuting one guy only because like um, he was anti-establishment because he's a threat to them and the establishment can't stand that. So that's why they're going all with all their power after Trump. Yeah. Well, they're doing everything they can to try to keep him from running. And to me, the only way it works is if they just get enough pressure on him that he gets to a plea deal that says he can't run. That's the only way. Cause that's cause you can't, legally say a guy can't run for office but if Unless, he pleads but if he pleads to a deal that says he can't run for office then you got him he's not going to do that I'm, I'm i'm positive he will not do that i don't think he will but well i will say here's the caveat though if they go after his kids if they go after his kids and they, while this case is still hanging out there, right, they go after his kids and they convince him, hey, if you don't take this plea deal, we're going to keep going after your kids. That would be the one thing that maybe because I do think the dude is a pretty good father. Yeah, well, they're going after his kids already because his son, Eric, is running his businesses now. He, um, he's been running them ever since he became president. Yeah, yeah, that's just you have to do that because you have to have a, a, a wall of separation there. Yeah. It's the only wall that got built. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it wasn't for um, dem- oh, go ahead, um, hike. There's another angle to that attack, and that is just to try to wear people down and make them tired. My, I have my boss at work is you know the normal older boomer Republican, not you know he's living his life doing his things, and you know very talks to a lot of people, but not really on Twitter or anything. And he just he doesn't think Trump can win because he knows a lot of Republican type people who uh, are just worn down by this. And there's too much conflict around it to to vote for. And uh, I think we've got to engage with those people, too. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I argued with him about back and forth about three lines and shifted his way, way of thinking back towards Trump is the only answer. But uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I've been saying this ever since the midterms from last November, that Biden literally has a 0% chance of losing, in my opinion, because we wildly underperformed. Conservatives, like, the the establishment took, got even more control than even they, than even we thought they could get. And yeah. we get we just got flat out embarrassed. And then what happened right after that? Trump announced that, um, was it that NFT trading card thing? I forgot what it was, because remember he was like <laughs> hyping up some big announcement and the that was the announcement right there yeah, so yeah meme, like, memes were made yes yeah so it's like <laughs> the, he, biden has a zero percent chance of losing now like even if trump was not running biden would still win no matter what it could be anyone else you could put there and biden would still beat them because this is this is damage right here like this is this damage right here is going to last for a long time it really is well, I mean, I'm I'm just glad that more normie Republicans are waking up to the fact that it's really not just left versus right. It's establishment versus populism. the extremes or populism, whatever you want to call it. Because, I mean, I, I wouldn't even consider myself necessarily a populist because my opinions aren't all that popular. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but um but f- so for me it's just all about I'm going to be consistent and if if I can ally with you to achieve a common goal I'm going to do it even if it means down the road we may have to just like fist bump and say hey we're just not you know that was it that was the battle we fought together and now we're moving on to something else i'm fine with that too but the establishment is who doesn't want trump to win and that's both on the right and the left so you know it's not just it's not just you got to beat the democrats you got to beat the normie establishment neocon republicans too yeah mm-hmm. well like you just mentioned something that like um not all of your opinions are like um popular or anything like that um i wanted to talk with hike about this cuz me and him have some disagreements on some stuff I said recently, like um, a recent, what I recently posted was, I think we should turn America, what in, in my opinion, how to make America better. What we need to do is we need to turn it into a Christian nationalist country and then make Trump king. That's what I think we should do. And Hike had a big disagreement with me on that. And I'm pretty sure he wanted to talk about that with me. So yeah, because um, <laughs> it even said he, I'm, it's, it's almost making him not like Trump anymore. Almost. That's what he told me. Well, but Trump crosses those like because Trump's not a Christian nationalist. I actually don't think Trump's a Christian. No, I think I think he's uh, sympathetic to Christians. I think like any right wing politician, he's going to play the hand he's dealt. And if you do not play two Christians, you're not going to win uh, the Republican nomination. So that I mean, going back to 2016, like there was no way he would have gotten the nomination. Um if he didn't play the, the, you know, that card, the, you know, God honor country card. I can, I can see what you mean there, but I think it, I I think you're my worldview or my view of Trump or something. What's that? Oh, I thought, I I thought I saw something. Okay. Yeah. My mistake guys. Um, What I was saying was what I was going to be saying this Trump is, he's clearly not a Christian, but I'll, but I, but I think this, He's the most pro-Christian president um, in my lifetime, easily. It's not even close. Well, I, I got a thought on that, but I'll let uh, Hike <laughs> say something here. He's breaking up a little bit, so he has a hard time jumping in. Okay. Yeah, so my my take on Trump is that he isn't a, a good Christian. He's not a born-again. But I think that, like with me in my situation— uh, I've fallen away from the church, but the things that are going on are drawing me back to an authentic uh, religious feeling. Like I am f- believing in God more and more every day based on the evil I see in the world. You know, like it, I, I honestly think we're in a battle of good and evil in against demonic forces. And, and I think Trump is seeing that from a closer vantage for sure, you know. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I agree with that. But my thing with Trump it where and look, I don't assume to know someone's soul like, you know, nobody but God. God can know your soul. So I'm not going to say emphatically he's not a Christian. I'm just going to say he doesn't really bear the fruit of a Christian. And the biggest thing for Trump, it's it's Trump's biggest flaw in life is pride and his ego has gotten him to where he is. And so that's why it's so hard, but that's why the Bible talks about it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. It's because you're relying on yourself instead of being humble and relying on God. And so it's like, you know, in a crazy way, one of the best things that could probably ever happen for Trump's soul is he does go to prison. Cause you know what I mean? He might actually be broken enough to, 
to be humble and, uh, you know, and actually genuinely seek God. But to your point about him being the most Christian, you might be right about that, too, because pro Christian. Pro, well, yeah, OK, I'll, yeah. pro. But because the reality is so I'm older than Ray. I don't know if I'm older than Hike or not, but uh, I'm 43. So I my childhood, I lived through Reagan, who is unfortunately a god to a lot of conservatives. People uh, don't people you criticize Reagan and dude, they will shut down quickly and not listen to you. And it's like, OK, hey, everybody's human. Please, let's just be honest about things that are good or bad. I got plenty of good to say, but there's bad, too. So you got Reagan. Then you had H.W. Bush. Yeah. Clinton. Bush, you know, W and then uh, Obama and then Trump. Right. And now Biden, who's such a great Catholic. And my point with that, <laughs> yeah, my point with that is everybody I named has a massive ego and I do not believe was ever humble enough to say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need I need you. I need Christ to make the atonement for my sin. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all of them are wealthy, successful, powerful. It's hard for somebody in that position to have humility. You know, and on top of that, almost all of them, in fact, I'll just say all of them increased the amount of wars we were in. The only one who didn't increase the amount of wars would be Trump. But even in that, the there was increased casualties did happen just because of the nature of war and how it works and, and whatnot. But but. Every single one of those people that claim to fear and honor God also increased the amount of not just soldiers who died, but civilians and innocent people that died. And I'm, I'm simply just look at Iraq, Iraq. And this is something I just learned about not that long ago, that there was like a million and a half Christian Iraqis hmm. before we went to war in Iraq. And huh. now there's less than 200,000 Christians. And the majority of them died. They didn't flee. They died. So that means our war as a supposed Christian nation killed over a million Christians. Well, I <laughs> you can go ahead, Hike. I, I, I uh, yeah, that's I think Trump is the farthest ahead just because he's not in the red. You're, if you want to, I know Bush said he was a Presbyterian or uh he also went to worship Moloch in the woods. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, both of most them. of the dudes are like are captured by uh, you can call it the Matrix. And I think it's uh, I, I think it's overt um, I, blackmail, a compromise on them that makes them act against the in stated interests of our country. That's possible. They're also part of Skull and Bones. They were part of secret societies, which, you know, if you're part of one of them, they have the dirt on you. That's how they yeah. keep you. They have to have the dirt on you. So and for me, I mean, as a Christian, I'm like, if you're part of a secret society, that's not Christ like there's no chance that's Christ like. And then, Christianity is lived out in the open. <laughs> and then in those clubs, you're actually having group sex with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of degeneracy for sure. Yeah. 
And but also Nixon and um, um, Reagan both attended Skull and well Bohemian Grove multiple times. There's yeah. photos of this. Yeah, yeah, and it just see I, like I never liked Bush at, in the, back in the day. Uh, um, he creeped me out, and and you know I voted for Obama before I voted for Trump, and I'm not even really sad that I did because I'm certainly not sad that I didn't vote for McCain or uh, uh, what's his. Uh, Mitt Romney for mittens. So, I mean, um, yeah, I, and, and with Trump, I don't think he's like, like, again, I don't think he, he is a sinner that's clearly fallen short of the glory of God for sure. And I do think he has a problem with pride and, and I don't like his affect or his, but I also think he's like chosen for this moment. It is so weird to me that his name is Trump and he is a Trump card and his ego I could not, even if I was more righteous, withstand the slings and arrows that that dude has taken. And it has taken someone with an enormous ego to be able to do that, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, that's the catch 22. It's like, when was the last time a humble man was elected president? I mean, maybe George Washington. It's got to be one of those early ones where they literally said, I don't want to be this. And they were like, no, you have to be this. You got it. You're the one. Maybe it was Brian. Remember when he was Speaker of the House, he cried and didn't want to do it, and they made him take the House? Who? That, who? Ryan. I, Paul like, Ryan? Yeah, because that no, shit no. phony, 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 like the pretend I don't want the job. Yeah, that was that was for that was show. Fake. Paul Ryan is, oh, man. He is, yeah. he is the perfect example of how Washington is Hollywood for ugly people. Like, because that is an actor, man. Him... And Schumer, who just cries at the drop of a hat and like wipes away the fake tears and stuff, you know. Yeah, um, at Trump's when I was at Trump's rally the other day here in here in my my city, um, Trump literally made a comment about Paul Ryan. He says we call him we now call him Rhino Paul, um, Rhino Paul Ryan. That's what we call him now. So, or or was but he also did say Rhino Paul Ryan. So, he, he I don't know which one he was referring to, but he did say both of those at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, that, I I wish I would have made it to a Trump rally, or I, I hope I still do. Uh, yeah, that, how was that? Like, oh, it, the experience, like I'm seeing Trump on TV, it's great. Like you've seen him give his speeches, but seeing him in person, it's it's an all different experience that it's hard for me to describe actually, because like um I I got there, I was pretty close to where he was, like I was like right in line with this in his, with his podium, but just four rows back, and. The moment he came out on stage, it was a huge roar. Like the entire air um, room was like loud. You couldn't hear anything else. So, like you know how he always has that song that plays "I'm um, Proud to Be an American" whenever he comes out on stage. You right. could yeah. almost not even hear it at all. You could almost not. And it was just an amazing experience. That's that's really what I can say about it. Awesome. And yeah. and the whole room was packed. Like and there was people outside that were trying to get in. It was literally there was that many people there. That that's one of the things. So real quick. So uh, I just wanted to mention on when he was talking about voting for Obama, I I voted for W my first time voting ever because my options were Al Gore, who was the most boring thing I'd ever seen or W. And then in in. 08 and in 12 i didn't vote for president i actually didn't vote for president because 
I hated McCain. I hated Mittens. And I did not trust Obama. And I just went, eh, I'm just not voting for, I'm just not voting. I voted down ballot and I didn't vote for president. I was like, whatever. Um, but that's one of the other reasons um, why it makes the 2020 election look so sketchy is because Trump, even before he was a politician, okay, he had charisma. And honestly, whether you love or hate the politicians that I named, I rattled off that list, every single one of them had a thing about them, had a charisma about them. I mean, Reagan especially. I mean, he was a he was a Hollywood actor and he could like absolutely dominate the room. Bill Clinton, that dude. Yeah. You just you just like him. You just have just, to. You'd be like, yeah, I would totally hang out with that guy. I would totally hang out. I mean, I think he was a sleazeball, <laughs> but he has charisma. And then you look at uh, Hillary, no charisma, <laughs> zero. I mean, couldn't be less charisma. And Biden, Biden has his moments, though. By okay, Biden has his moments, and we mock a lot of them. But like when he was going off during the campaign, telling that story about like Corn Pop was a bad dude, you're like, dude, I would totally chill out and listen to this dude talk. He's hilarious. He sounds like the crazy old man that you want to share a beer with because he's going to no. say something hilarious. Oh, dude, I would. I could not. I could share a beer with um old Clinton. I could not share a beer with um Biden. I could not. I mean, legitimately. It was cheesy, okay? It was absolutely cheesy. But legitimately, when he did the rolling up in the convertible with the aviator sign, you're like, I mean, it's a boss move. It's a boss move. Uh, however, go ahead. It is, but it's totally scripted and in, in planned. In, absolutely. Um, and, and that's, you know, the thing about, um, the thing about Trump is when he... I he ran. People say he didn't run for president before. I remember two times he he announced he was running for president and kind of stuck his toe in the water and it didn't really pick up. And and when he announced this in 2015 or whatever, I didn't pay it much mind until I started hearing him and I in in successive things because most people just stump and say the same thing over and over again. And he was mobile because he was coming up with the ideas himself. They were from him. And everybody else needed a focus group. And they would get their ass kicked by him. And they'd go to the, back to their focus group. And they would have an answer. And they'd come back and they'd set the trap. And he would just turn the battlefield and run through them again. And uh, it was just awesome to watch. And I didn't like him, but I started rooting for him. And then when they came against him with, like, uh, lies and uh slanders and i know i remember when i was four years old making a trump joke you can't tell me who this guy is and lie about him i know he's vain i know he's 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 uncool you like but he's charismatic you know like you can't lie to me about who he is though you know yeah well the, the other thing with trump is when so when trump started running to 2015 started campaigning I assumed that it was a publicity stunt, that it was just trying to, because, you know, you had the new season getting ready for um, whatever it was. I'm, my, my brain's not going to work now. The show Trump was on. Yeah, The Apprentice. Sorry. My brain just stopped working all of a sudden. Anyway, The Apprentice. So, oh, yeah, he's just promoting the show. But here's the reason why we know, as even though there's still people who believe that, 
the reason we know that's not true is because he would not have said a lot of the things that he said. He wouldn't have pushed the immigration issue. He wouldn't have pushed border wall stuff. He wouldn't have said things that seemed even semi-racist. He would have said the anti-establishment stuff. Like he would have gone hard at, uh, you know, failed politicians and, and all that kind of stuff because that's popular amongst just about anybody. Right. But he wouldn't have gone hard. He kind of took a hard right position, which is not what you do when you're trying to get people to watch NBC. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I rem I did not vote in 2016 because I wasn't I wasn't eligible to because I was still a teenager. Um, I didn't vote in 2020 because like um, I was still in the middle of my red pill moment. Like like I said, I was blue pilled back then. I was a classic liberal. so. I didn't like I wasn't I was still in the middle of, of, of the moment. My friend Carlos made a joke by saying, like, uh, I was still in the oven baking. So I and I wasn't ready to come out. So, yeah. And it, it wasn't until after all the shenanigans stuff that we saw after the election, because we there was a lot of weird stuff that happened. Clearly, we all went to bed thinking he, Trump was going to win, then woke up to something completely different. And then January 6th happened. And then that's when I became what I am right now, a, a full on. I, I became a conservative, a populist conservative. That's how I would I would view myself and me right now. I'm with no questions asked. I'm going to be voting for Trump in 2024. No, I, there's no debate right there. I don't care who it is, unless Trump, unless for whatever reason, if he decided to drop out, which there's no way he will do that. I will be voting for Trump no matter what. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me. It's not even that I support Trump. It's and I've said this over and over and over again. Everybody I can't stand hates Trump. <laughs> so I'm going to vote for him. Yeah, I mean, that's where I am with that. It's like it's not that because, you know, people you say I'm going to vote for Trump. They're like, oh, you think he's some savior. Oh, he th you think he gets everything right. Oh, you think he aligns with your values? No, I don't think any of that. I think all of the worst people in the world can't stand him. So I'm going to vote for him if for no other reason but to throw that wrench in the works like he he makes it chaos and that's a, actually a good thing because i don't want we got the largest government in the history of the world by far okay the last thing i want is them to be organized because they do evil crap when they're organized even when they're not organized they still do evil crap sure sure <laughs> But, man, look at the worst things we've ever done as a country, and the country was unified behind it. Um, Bom bombing uh, Japan, <laughs> going uh, to war in Iraq. 100,000 Japanese um, um, people in, in internment camps. I mean, yeah, all of us were unified. People talk about that September, September 12th moment. And I I mean, I have, too. That Septem On September 12th, 2001, we were the most unified we've ever been. And you're like, yeah, and look what it led to. Like, I would love the feeling of unity, but it's fake unity around a organized event allowed to happen. Hmm. And and it was used to funnel billions. I mean, probably trillions at this point, trillions of dollars into contractors, all for bloodshed of a whole lot of innocent people that just creates more blowback, which was the whole thing to begin with. Yeah. It's, so you, you want unity, but at what cost? Yeah. Uh, you can, nothing, you can go hike. nothing makes sense about 
world events except for the unified theory that this is by design uh like i uh i the israel thing i it just seems the timing of it is too perfect like it seems there in more information comes out and more information comes out september 11th it seems plain you know i don't i i, I can't prove it uh with with arguments or or whatever but my my intuition is like this whole world is like rotten to the core of giant illusion and uh um mm. yeah do you think they're going to be using this israel hamas conflict to try to hurt trump because like um the Ukraine stuff, actually, if you, I think it kind of hurt Republicans and conservatives in the midterms because most people were behind it. And look what happened. I think the midterms were about one thing here in Michigan, and that was abortion. Uh, they outspent. There was every every two minutes when you were listening to the radio, there was an anti-abortion uh, fever pitch ad for three months. And uh, Tudor Dixon, I heard like three of her ads the entire time. Uh, I, I, I think there wasn't a, it, we got a, the conservatives, if, if, if you're for uh, uh, the pro-life thing, you've, you got to win, but that it was a Pyrrhic victory and it, it, yeah. well, it was a single issue back, backlash election on that, yeah. well, that time. Well, it's Trump possible. Not, Trump has been Trump hasn't been talking about abortion at all um, for this for his entire twenty twenty four campaign yet, unless like he's um, never, unless it's when when it's brought up, he tries to move past it as quickly as he can. Yeah, I think I think he's he kind of been weak on it. It's it's kind of bothered me. But go go ahead with what you're saying. I think he's I think he realizes that it can hurt can hurt him. So even though I'm extremely pro life, like um, I believe I believe in I'm I'm fully pro life. I go as far to say this. I think people who perform abortion should get the death penalty. That's as far as I go. So. I think people who get abortions should. I mean, it's murder. What if you hire if you hire a hitman to kill your husband? What happens to you if they get caught? You go to prison. So if I hire a doctor to kill my child, what should happen to me? And I know that's not popular. Here's the, my here's my thing with it though. Okay, because so, I'm literal. I say I'm an abolitionist. I'm not just pro-life. I'm an abolitionist when it comes to abortion. I don't think it should exist. I think it is the current evil of our time that when they look back in a hundred years, they're going to look at back at it just like they did chattel slavery, that it was completely immoral and it should have never existed. And, and they will have defeated it at that time. However, the culture we're in right now, that is not a popular statement to make. So to me, I don't think you should dodge questions. I think you should be honest just because that's I think it's immoral to be dishonest, but it's not immoral to not put all your cards out in front of everybody. So to Hike's point earlier with the campaigning to be campaigning so fervently and strongly with an anti-abortion ad campaign doesn't make any sense, especially following your win in the supreme court like you won dude don't don't dance in the end zone you won just move on if somebody asks your position on abortion give them your position on abortion but there's no reason to make your entire campaign about that right now yeah. so well well uh, you can go hike you got to be able to pivot on it in 
it, in turn the issues away from abortion being the biggest thing. And 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 I'll tie the abortion, my stance on abortion, into your earlier point, Ray. Um, I am against abortion. I have a hard time with the legislating um, morality. I think women are going to uh, uh, try to get abortions. And um, I think it's way, way more important for me to not be party to their sin. So I'm 100% against any state funding of abortions. And I think people need to have the right to sin or not sin, and that's up to them. And that's why I'm, while I am trending towards being better, a better Christian and, and uh, coming back to the church, I'm against the Christian nationalism thing for the country leadership, because I think people have to, the whole thing for me in, in, in Christianity is God gave Adam and Eve a choice of good and evil, and they made the wrong choice. And they they fell out of paradise, but he gave them a chance at forgiveness. And I think you need to have the choice. And it's our journey to choose the right thing. Right. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. And this is where I veer away from Christian nationalism for the most part, too, because I'm Okay, so first of all, let me say this. I actually don't like the phrase that you don't legislate morality because I actually believe that you only legislate morality. I think the only things you should be legislating against are things that are immoral because if they're not immoral, then you should definitely just be allowed to do it. Like if it's not immoral, why are we making a law about it? The only time we really should make a law is if it's immoral. But the my my qualifier for that is that if it's immoral and it affects someone else. Now, this is where Christian nationalists will vehemently disagree with me on this. They think for the most part that if it's immoral, it should just be illegal regardless of whether it just affects you or affects everybody else. So for me, and this is complicated, this is a complicated issue. So for me, I typically would say that if you sold somebody drugs, and they weren't like laced with something that they weren't, you know, you sold them what you said you were going to sell them. Um, that shouldn't be illegal. That shouldn't be a crime. It shouldn't send you to prison. Nobody should be in a cage over it. If you consume something yourself into your own body, that shouldn't be illegal. That shouldn't send somebody to prison, in my opinion. However, however, if it affects someone else, then you have to be held accountable for how your actions affect someone else. And abortion kills a human being. So that's why it's different because it actually, it, the, you're talking about a choice, but that child never gets a choice. You're removing their ability to have a choice ever. That's why, you know, even though I don't identify completely as a libertarian anymore, I'm more libertarian than almost anything else. I'm more Christian than anything else. And then I'm more libertarian than any other political leaning. But I believe that it is logically and morally consistent to be, to have abortion be illegal because of the fact innocent life should be protected. And just because somebody's going to go out and try and do it on their own, isn't a reason not to make something illegal. 
because it, that we've made murder illegal, people still try and murder people. And like, yeah, we just have to hold them accountable. Or like um, Gavin Newsom is trying to ban Skittles in like um, California. People are still going to go try to buy Skittles in other states. So, <laughs> oh yeah. my God. I mean, it's just, it, they're just comical at this point. They're just, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, do you get what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, I certainly do. And, I, I think um, I think if you have if you only commit moral acts because you're following the law, you're not really commit. There, there's no there's no resistance. There's no moral muscle built. There's no uh, you're you're doing it for fear of consequences rather than coming to the the. Uh, uh, intentional decision. And I think for us to, to achieve mental or to achieve a mortal moral backbone, you have to make the moral decisions that even go sometimes go against the law or that, that sort of, uh, behavior. Uh, and so I, I, and I think you can make mistakes hugely uh, maybe not in the case of abortion, but hugely by legislating morality from your point of view and making everybody conform to that that belief. I agree with you about that the concept that you're saying right, that you're talking about right now. I just think abortion falls outside of it because of the fact that you're literally doing harm to a defenseless baby, and it's it's. It's uniquely different because we we will always have laws that protect innocent people. You're not going to make rape legal no matter what, no matter how many people are going to do it. You're going to keep it illegal because there's someone who cannot consent to this who is being harmed. And so even though we we make rape illegal because it's immoral, it it's because there is a victim there. There's an actual victim. If there's crimes with a victim, then that's the ones that I care the most about. All the rest of them we can hash out, but I just feel like if there's a victim, you've got to have it be illegal. I, I think if you are constructing a, a utopian society, I understand your point, but I that's think not utopian, in, man. We're so that's so far from no, utopia, though. We're just saying don't kill babies. I, I what I'm saying is that <laughs> in America now, with the right to kill babies currently, you're you. I agree with your your desire. I see. I empathize with your point. I think in the situation we we find ourselves, I, I think it's for me. I think more about the practical, um, and, and I, I I understand that being a plank in the party. But for me, I could concede a little more ground to say, I don't want to be party to your sin for sure. You know, like I'm against, like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, uh, uh, if, if you're, you're fighting and you're, you take a, a retreat so you can stand ground and retreat and push back. I, I think if we change society more, we could, we could have this, but I, I, at the same, at the way things are now, I just don't believe, um, it's likely to happen or the most important area to push really. 
I mean, you, I, I'm, I don't completely disagree with that. I think the most important thing we could be focusing on, and this I've really been ramping up on this lately in my personal conversations with people and people at my church and stuff like that, is the idea that we are we have lived in a society for the last hundred or so years, and I've got my I have my cause that I think I'm on to, but I want to do some more research on that. And it is that we in we are in a high time preference society where we are we're all about instant gratification and everything is right now instant gratification and we're short sighted. So we don't build legacy. We don't raise families. We don't actually save for tomorrow. We you know, we don't um, build into our own communities and things like that and our own culture. Uh, and it results in what exactly our world is right now, especially our country, what we have right now. So you're right about if we just could shift the focus, you could fix this country in a generation or maybe two far more than you could with, with a law that's passed. So I'm, I'm on board with that for sure. Like that has a greater effect by far than a law is going to have. But I think any law that is moral is good. But I also, I'm not, I'm not on board with, you know, some teetotaler that thinks anything, you know, that, you know, they grew up thinking that if you sipped a little whiskey, you're, you're going to hell for it, getting in office and, and changing, you know, and doing stuff like that. However, if that's my trade off that abortion's illegal and I can't sip bourbon, Oh, it would, you know, it would hurt me, but I make that trade off every time. I would make that trade as well. <laughs> I, I would give up alcohol just so more babies don't get murdered. Yeah. So it's like, even though I understand that's, that's not going to be the thing, you know, that's not yeah. going to be the trade off, but that, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's well, what I said after this last midterm election, I said, listen, if, if we had to sacrifice an election in order to overturn Roe v. Wade, I was down with it. Because it was a bad, it was a bad decision in 1973. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and yeah. I think that is the path forward. In, in which I, I think it would be great since we've we've gotten rid of Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. I like states being able to choose and local jurisdictions being able to choose a lot more and fight local. Um, huddle around pe more like-minded people where the issues of the day, you know what I mean? Like uh, I talked before the show, I'm open to the idea of moving. Yeah. I would move to people. Yeah, and I would rather live in a pro-life area than a pro-choice area for sure. If that was the single issue. But um, I, and I, I do think that was like a step forward, step back situation where, you know, we, we uh, shifted the, we lost that ruling and, uh, the the pushback was that election and yeah. and I don't think it's it, it's as strong as a one issue topic for the presidential election. I don't I don't think it will be. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. And and well, so just real quick is exactly what you just said about you know you had that you had the victory of that decision and then you lost that election. And to me, that is thinking long term. Having Roe v. Wade overturned is far more powerful than one cycle of a midterm election by far. And it's not even close. So, I mean, you're talking about something they said would never be overturned. So that was well, huge. A thing is like um, a bunch of states like had abortion bans on the ballot, like particularly red states like um, 
I, I forgot which ones they were. I know Kentucky was one of them, and I, and I forgot what the other ones were. But I thought like Alabama, I, too, but I'm not positive. We lost on all of them. They, all of them got – none of them passed. So the thing is, it's really abortion. Really, a lot of – that was had to be one of the main driving forces for people to go, get out there, and we lost because of it. Like the only like um really pro life state in my opinion is is really Texas. That's the only in, um, version because and it's it's really purple right now, man. There's yep, been so well, many it, people coming yep. there. It is a purple state. The, like I said, this I think Biden will actually win Texas in 2024. I truly believe that. But this is what I'm saying. Texas is really the only pro life state, really, because they have no exceptions ex- except for the life of the mother. That's the only thing they have. Everything right. else. Yeah, which the reality, other, by the way, every other state ahead. that every other state that has like abortion bans has a bunch of exceptions in, in, in the law. Like, but Texas is the only um, exception, really. And for so for me, I actually hate that they even call that an abortion. If the life of the mother is being threatened, they don't actually do an abortion. What they do is they induce labor, which if the child is not viable, results in its death but it's in an effort to save the mother. And that's not the same as an abortion. I mean, that's like the old the old uh, image that you used to have where there was a bunch of people laying on a train track and there's one pe- person laying on a train track and there's a train coming and you got to church choose which track it's going to follow. And you choose the one where it kills one person versus 10 people or whatever. You're just saying, hey, this child's not going to make it because this mother is going to die. And if the mother dies, the child dies. So we're going to go ahead and induce labor so that the child is born. Unfortunately, it's tragic that the child's not going to make it, but we're going to save the life of the mother. So I even hate that that's even classified as an abortion because it's not the same thing. That is not the same procedure. Yeah. I I ranted. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) You guys can say whatever you want to. I got you. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, how do you think we, this is what I want to ask you. Like, we lost every single, like, um, case on abortion, like, all, on all the ballots in, in even red states. How do we change the culture to, like, um, get that to the opposite side, to where we could, like, um, potentially get, like, it banned everywhere? So this goes back a little bit to what uh, Hike was just saying earlier, where he was talking about the fact that if things that are immoral are outlawed, there's actually no like moral growth. There's no muscles being exercised that make you lean toward morality. And I can absolutely sympathize with that idea. It makes sense. It's logical. Here's the other way of looking at that, though. The average person is actually really dumb. And I'm talking about in America. Okay. Average IQ is something like 105 right now. It's something like 105. So you, the majority of people are 105 or lower, and there's a lot of them that are lower. And these people, frankly, they need law. They need law to know how to act. It's, and it goes back to, I love freedom, but freedom without morality is, is debauchery and evil happens. So you have to have morality with the freedom. And it's like, I don't know. Hike, do you have any children? I don't. You don't have children. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've just, uh, I've raised three children now. And the, the thing is you go, you progress when you have a child, you, they, when they start, they have no freedom. 
Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a bubble and you protect them and then you gradually allow them, you allow them a little bit of danger because they need to experience germs. They need to get in the dirt. They need to experience pain. They need, they need all those things. They need to struggle. Right. But for the most part, when early, early on, they're in a bubble and you try to protect them as much as possible as they, as they grow, as they mature, they get more responsibility and they get more privileges, right? This is all logical stuff. As you grow, you get more responsibility, you get more privileges. And the reason why you do that is because when they're very young, they literally are too dumb to understand what's going to hurt them. They are not smart enough. They're not wise enough to understand what the cost is for the thing they're about to do. And unfortunately, we're in a society right now where most people are unable to calculate the cost of the consequences of their actions. And so that's why I go back and forth between the, some of the ideas of the authoritarian side and libertarian side. When you look at, man, I would love for every, everybody to just be able to be free. But unfortunately, when you have freedom with a society that's immoral and frankly dumb, they're going to do evil, dumb things to each other. So how do we protect those who aren't? How do we protect those who are good? You know, and so you have to find that you have to figure it out. You have to navigate that. So that's why I'm for laws that protect innocent. That's my biggest thing. The law laws should protect innocent people. So if innocent people are being harmed, we got to find a way to stop that. And it's got to be illegal. Mm hmm. And that's anyway. So that's how you fix the culture is like you got to figure out are they are they smart enough to be able to have these philosophical conversations with? If so, do that. And if they're not, just be, you know, this bad. You know, <laughs> you got to dumb it down for them. Yeah. I don't think people follow laws. I think they follow uh, leaders. And I'm not saying presidents and governors i'm saying more on the deacon or captain of the football team or fathers father uh or yeah like even your buddy's father who was in in what that i just see the world that's what even the dumb people follow you know what i mean like even people with with developmental disabilities will mimic the actions of the people they respect and admire who are moral, you know what I mean? And so I, I think it, it comes down to me being a better man every day in my community, in my area. And that's the best way for me to change the world. You know, the Jordan Peterson clean my own room. Yeah, no, that's true. But in the same way, we, we, I guarantee you, you know, situations where the only reason somebody didn't do something was because they the consequences were obvious to them. Right. So why why do people not go into a um, why do people go into a school to shoot it up versus go into a government building? Because they know for a fact they'll be shot on site. They'll be shot on site yeah. where in the school they will not. They will not. It's a soft target to them. You know, we know like the, the states that have better gun laws have less uh, violent crime, less theft, less assaults because there's a threat there. And, and just the 
the consequence is obvious. And that's part of the problem, too, man, with our legal system. So I worked in the Department of Corrections for 11 years. And it actually, you know, being in law enforcement made me more libertarian. It's one of the reasons I got more libertarian because I saw how flawed the whole system is. It's really bad. But you know, one of the biggest problems with it is it's not publicized. So, so the consequences that guys actually, first of all, we have consequences for people doing nonviolent things that don't hurt anybody. So that's a huge problem. And then we also have consequences for violent guys, uh, where nobody knows the actual consequence. Like maybe the victim's family knows, maybe the, the perpetrator's family knows, but it should be, everybody should know, Hey, this guy went in and he shot up this store and he robbed the place and his life is now over. He's done there. He's not getting back out in society. We're not allowing that to happen. And if that was publicized when people knew it, they would think twice. They would think twice about doing something like that. And the problem is we go ahead. Shame definitely is a huge deterrent. And there are people who are immune to it. But then if the culture (laughs) of the of the day, they're pretty easy to spot and isolate, you know, the true psychopaths in a functioning society with shame. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's why. So, uh, you know, most people, they laugh about this idea, but they, they can agree that it makes some sense. I have such a dim view of our prison system that that's why I feel like not entirely, but there should almost be only two categories. It's either bad enough that you're not allowed back in society, in which case we just excommunicate you. We take away your citizenship and we remove you. You literally cannot come back to our country or it's the death penalty because like, and other than that, you're like, okay, so this guy can just, and what I'm saying is if somebody comes in and they, and they, and they, they're just stealing, they're just robbing people. It's like, okay, well, you shouldn't get the death penalty for that. But you know what else? We shouldn't have to pay to house you and feed you for the next 15 years or whatever it is. Let's just, dude, you just got to go. And if your family is upset by that, well, they can go with you, but you got to go because we're just going to, we're just going to cut ties. And I know that's extreme, but it's like, man, how are we just paying all this money to house people? And all it does is just create more sophisticated criminals that now have, I mean, they go into prison and they come out with a Rolodex of, of new contacts and, you know, and new ways to do crime. Yeah. So that doesn't work. Like the Parkland shooter got a life sentence and he, and he, he's going to be alive. Well, in well in prison being kept being taken care of. He should have gotten the death penalty. And yeah, apparently from what I from what I heard, a bunch of like um the people on the jury were a little let's just say they 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 felt bad for the for the dude. That's, well, that's what a blue, I heard. That's a blue county. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So. And I mean, look, the death penalty is complicated. The death penalty is complicated because you know a lot of people who are libertarian leaning absolutely they just outright hate the death penalty. They and especially if they know that you're anti-abortion they'll say well that's not consistent and and i can easily explain how that has i'm literally talking about an innocent life versus not an innocent life so that's simple that's not even a debate 
However, our system right now for the death penalty, I have major problems with because it is we've made it too easy to convict you of a capital crime so that we have to allow you this unlimited number of appeals. Okay. Mm. So if we convict you of a capital crime, we're saying, well, this literally is costing your life and the burden of proof, in my opinion, is not as high as it should be. So therefore, until we execute you, you can just keep appealing on, on the citizen's dime over and over and over again. Whereas for me, make it harder to do to convict them of that capital crime, but it's immediately carried out immediately yeah. and publicly. Yeah. Like John Wayne Gacy, like um, he, he literally said when he was, after he was sent to prison before he was executed, he kept saying like, um, he, he kept appealing, appealing like all of the, all the murders that he did because he was saying like when he was out of town, people were burying dead kid bodies under his house. So you see, people, people were, uh, he, and he actually believed what he was saying. He believed it, and and he. I mean, kept it could even be true. It could even be true. I mean, it's just crazy, but yeah, yeah. Can you imagine, like, um, some some random person was saying, like, "Hey, I know where you can bury. You know where you can bury those dead kid bodies." I think Gacy's out of town. So, jeez, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and. He, and he truly believed that. So yeah. anyway, but, but I mean, to me, it seems obvious to me that if you are on camera murdering somebody in cold blood, what I mean, seriously, like, like that's the kind of requirement you should have. It should be that sure that that person did this, right? It can't just be one person saying you did it, and then it's and then it's a capital offense because that person can lie very easily. The biblical requirement for a capital offense the biblical requirement is at least two witnesses huh. at least two witnesses so now for me if you modernize that and you said well um you know we got you on camera i feel like that's as good as two witnesses if we got you on camera doing it you know what i mean hmm. in which case if the, the parkland shooting that just should have been immediate like if you're guilty of it all right we're going out back and it's over I mean, yeah. so, yeah. well, my uncle had a theory. He told me this one time that, and me, and me and him actually were thinking like, this might actually might be a good idea. Like, um, if, if you're like, um, if you do like a non, non, non-violent crime, like a low level non-violent crime, oh, you should either, you should be given an option. Like, Hey, if you want to make up for this, go into the military for a few years and we'll pardon you. But if it's for like the most serious crimes, either, either we just, either we just execute you or we just like um we'll send you to like um uh, another country and where you can just agree to never come back. Doesn't and, Russia, yeah. yeah. Don't they don't they oh, have that Wagner group in Russia? Uh I'm not Isn't sure that actually. Prisoners? I that Wagner group that's been in the news lately, I think you you can uh get out of prison and join that join them up. Oh, I I believe that makes sense. I mean, we did the same thing during Vietnam. There were so many guys in their, you know, 30 and under where they would come in with a possible jail sentence. And especially if it was a prison sentence and they would go, you either enlist or you go in. And we just, that's how a lot of guys got, got signed up for the military. I don't hate that. Uh, so here's a kind of a complex thing. 
So one of my big things is I think we also, and this is part of a, the downfall of our culture, is we don't view property crime as that serious. It, for the most part in our country, property crime is viewed as not a big deal. But if you understand property, I mean, as a, as a grown man, you understand property, that you had to work. Time had to be sacrificed out of your life that you'll never get back to earn the money to purchase that property and then to maintain and care for that property that uh and so when someone steals it vandalizes it destroys it whatever that's actually a serious crime because they have literally stolen part of your life away yeah I mean, it's, it's significant right yeah they're doing it to trump in new york like oh yeah oh yeah like they're trying like they're trying to take away um trump tower from them because like they're saying he falsified documents, even though there was no evidence he ever did that. So so one of the things that, that you see, like because people one of the things people talk about in scripture is they go, well, you know, there was slavery in scripture, right? You know, there's slavery in scripture. Like, yes, there was slavery in scripture. The slavery in scripture is indentured servitude. It's someone owed a debt, and so they were enslaved until they could repay that debt. Now, I'd obviously disagree with chattel slavery, like literally owning pe people and you know purchasing them and all that kind of craziness uh, that's obviously immoral but what's not immoral is if somebody steals from you and they're unable to pay you back it is moral for them to owe that to you and you get refunded and uh, you know depending on what it is the bible is like sometimes it says three times sometimes it says seven times the amount they have to repay we are so sophisticated now with our currency and how we pay that you could easily say, okay, so this person stole this, so we're going to just pull from their bank account every single time they get paid. It happens if you, you know, you get a judgment against you for uh, any civil thing, and so the debt that you owe that person, it's going to come out of every check until it's repaid. And so it's not slavery, but it is, in essence, it's the same idea, but the person still has freedom. And to me, I'm like, how are we not doing that? How are we not repaying people the things that they've lost? And that should be significant. If you're, I mean, I'm not really down with chopping guys' hands off, but I get it, right? Like, you don't have a lot of thieves if you got a lot of one-armed guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. You can make an argument to that. Have no. we have we lost you, Hike? Have we been too militant? No, I'm here. I, I, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I, uh, I, I have friends who are the kleptos, and uh, you know, um, I, I live pretty, pretty uh, uh, rurally, pretty um, poorly, and so I, I am very close to a lot of people who are, you know, uh. I work at a liquor store, all my, all my, you know, I got a front row seat to humanity, let's say. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. My buddy owns a liquor store. It's yeah. Yeah. That's rough sometimes, but you know, one of the things when you live in a rural area, usually people appreciate property more because yeah. I mean, they understand that, that the work that's involved in earning these things, like, you know, if you live in the city, you have no idea how much a combine costs or how much a tractor costs. Like you don't even, so you go out and slash the tires of this thing or destroy it. You're not even thinking of that. But if you ever lived on a farm, you're like, dude, that machine, that machine, they worked their tails off for, and they're paying on it every month. And you know, like it's, 
That thing yeah. costs a hundred grand or more. I mean, some of them cost a million dollars. I mean, some of these machines are insane. And yeah. so you don't go mess with people's property. You have a greater appreciation for it. But yeah. And plus, like in a in a small like rural area, there's more of a sense of community there. So people like more. Yep. They're, they're, they're happier. They talk to each other all the time. They see each other all, every day, pretty much. Yeah. And like um, I, I like um Jason Aldean's song, "Try That in a Small Town." That's basically what he was trying to say. People are there's people are more, work better together in like a small area. They care for each other a whole lot better too. Yeah, yeah, in theory, but that is going the way of the dodo really quick. Because I live out, I live very, very, like, I live in a spot, like you said, I'm having trouble with the internet because I, I can't even <laughs> get like hard wired to my house. I have to go off my phone and I can only get it in one room of my house. But uh, I also live in, or I work in a, in a medium size, you know, a couple uh, 20,000 people, you know, like a slightly bigger in. All the problems of the world are coming to that little city, you know, every single one that you and uh, um, like we have tons of illegal immigrants, like, and we're getting more every week. Yeah, Way they're up coming here into by your back in our bridge, they're coming into your um county, yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah have you gotten any Alabama. like um videos or photos of this? I, I, they're customers. Like most of the people that are here in Northern Michigan are, uh, tradesmen. Like they're, they're working construction or working in orchards and farms and stuff like that. Um, and we're also starting to get a second level of like people that work in restaurants. Um, but I know there's going to be another wave that's going to be a lot scarier that comes down the way, you know? Wow. Well, even in rural areas now, you're seeing a lot more people being insulated, being inside cat, indoor cats or whatever. You know, this is like the, the whole, you know, video gaming and streaming sites and all this. Like everybody's instead of being out in the community interacting and it's still better in rural areas, um, you know, people go inside their their entertainment. The inter, they're interacting, but they're not interacting in person. And you you miss something out of that. So. That's um, yeah, that's that's a frustrating thing. But that's also because a lot of rural areas still aren't the same kind of farming towns. Like I grew up in a town where there was legitimate family farms. A lot of times, family farms are really corporate farms now. A lot of those farms are just huge mega farms. There's the family farms kind of going away, like you say, the way of the dodo, and that that environment creates a lot more community. Cause you need each other. I mean, you're yeah. literally raising the crops that everybody else needs and vice versa. Yeah. Like, um, it, there's a, there, there's a reason why all these rural areas, they love Trump so much is because like they love him. Like here's, here's what's, what goes on in a lot of these rural areas. There's, there, there's a lot of drug problems, a lot of suicides that, that could happen in these rural areas. And like, they've lost all their manufacturing. There's no jobs and there's no hope. And that's why they gravitate towards Trump because he 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 inspires them. Like he wants to bring jobs back and all that kind of stuff. And that's why they they love him so much because he he he's for the people. And that that there's a reason why rural areas they like him. That's why. Yeah, we I, we we don't want like one of my one of my buddies who lives just down the road. Um, he is. Uh, when you hear alpha male, he is absolutely an alpha male. He is, um, he 
frequently gets in fights at the bar and um like you know he's he's a wild wild guy that way and uh so he's very hyper masculine and as as god has a sense of humor he had a daughter and he kind of raised her rough and tumble and and then you know he he had uh, issues with the baby mama and they got divorced and she got custody and when she's going to school they start pushing the trans agenda on her because she's more masculine because she's had this very masculine uh influence in her life and uh he was um basically uh through the course and situations he he was forced into calling her by her new name paying for her uh uh puberty blockers and lo- thankfully she decided she graduated from college or from high school and got away from that and uh isn't um transgender anymore but uh, like um she almost went through with the surgery and stuff it it's crazy she, man so she is she not able to have kids did it go did it go to that far i haven't made i haven't gotten that far into it with them i've seen her around and i i don't talk to her i like that's kind of uh you know he's a buddy of mine but i haven't gotten that far i she took puberty blockers for maybe six months and i don't think anything more than that i i i i feel bad for her like i'm that she actually bought into that I, i i do i can yeah yeah and i mean okay so just and I, I don't want to completely derail here at all, but that's the kind of thing where, you know, it, you, it, it would be a criminal action by a doctor to cut off someone's arm that was fully healthy and there was nothing wrong with it because they would say that he had done harm. This person is clearly mentally ill and he's done harm to this person, right? That, that would have been a crime. And yet, you can do that to people's genitalia and it's not a crime. And it's like, these people are clearly either at, at, um, at best they're mentally ill at worst. They're just absolutely inundated with pressure to do this. And you're like, man, it's just not fair to take a child who does not have the bandwidth yet to understand this and also you know you remember when you were a teenager man you're trying to please because you want people to like you and so whatever is the popular thing man that's what you're doing you're trying to do that because it's you know even long before social media you 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 were getting clicks you wanted people to like you and so when you're a teenager man you're going to do that stuff oh i think we lost hike oh i think he's probably um... bad internet yeah, so we should probably wrap this up then because it's all good. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um I have the link to both your guys' like um Twitters in the description below. So but uh but Mike would wrong. you would you oh. put my Instagram up there? Do you mind? Uh I don't have your I, I'll tell you my Instagram. Let me so see my inst- I, I'll put it yeah. in like the live chat right here. That's cool. I appreciate it because my Twitter is gonna get banned. It, they always do. I'm on I mean, no, I'm definitely on my first in, uh, Twitter account. I'm definitely on my first one, right? Yeah. No, they they constantly get suspended, so I don't even try to grow it, really. Okay, okay, I found you. Yeah. I'll, I'll post it's it in pretty life. simple. I'll post it in the live chat right here so people can... Oh, there's... um, There he is. Hey. You hey. there, um, you there, Hike? I'm here. Okay, we're going to be wrapping this up in like a minute or two because like... Great. um, So, yeah. 
but yeah, like I was, I was just going to be asking you guys, where can like my audience find you guys at? You want to go first? I, yeah, you can I, go first, I'm, Mike. I'm just on Twitter. Uh, my handle's Boring Life, and I, um, yeah, I'm also just kind of getting off the sidelines. I talked to you that about that a little bit. That Twitter spaces we had like two weeks back. The um, Magables. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been on the sidelines, and I'm just uh, stepping off the sidelines and kind of getting in the arena a little bit. Yeah, you got fired up. I liked it. Yeah, we need to do we need to do more Twitter Spaces. I'm actually going to be on going on one in like actually a few minutes. Actually, one of my friends is having one right now. That's cool. Yes, yeah, so I I used to be a streamer. I did uh, I streamed under the the name Intoxicating Masculinity for quite a while. It was uh, yeah, and um, you know I I enjoyed it, but the problem is I just don't have the time. I got way too much going on in, in real life and, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it, but I just, I just can't commit to it. So I have fun doing memes. So you can, you can look me up on Instagram. That's my biggest thing. Um, I got, it's at, at might be wrong. There's underscores between might and B yeah. or, and being wrong. But anyway, uh, so what? that's the best place to go. And then I'm at, I never, ever wrong on Twitter, but that's surely going to get banned soon. So just yeah. keep looking yeah. for the reiteration. Yeah. Well, the Phoenix. Both you, yeah. Both you guys are actually welcome on my podcast. Anytime you guys want to. Thanks. You, yeah. Anytime you guys want to just reach out and we can, and I can set it up. So, yeah, I appreciate it. You can, you can find my YouTube. If you just, uh, you can go to my, uh, might be wrong media.com and, and it takes you right to my YouTube. I got random stuff up there. I did a video about a year and a half ago on the Russia, Ukraine stuff. Everybody knows all the talking points, so it is what it is, but, uh, you can give that a, a watch too. And I got music stuff up there. Okay. We're going to, okay. Then we're going to be wrapping this up. Uh, if you guys are watching this, make sure to follow and like, and like this video here on rumble. Also follow me on Twitter. My, my handle right here. Is um Race Studios um twenty nine. That's my handle. Also follow me on all the other social media platforms because I'm on all of those as well. And follow me on all the podcast platforms. All right, and follow. And make sure to follow um Might Be Wrong and and um Hike on on all the other social media platforms too, because we're all trying to grow our channels to get our all of our all of our content too. We all are. All right, guys. This has been Ray Might Be Wrong and Hike Martin, and this was the Rate Infinity Show podcast. This was episode number 122. Catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.